history of Oklahoma is about winning championships. Brooks trying to make something happen. He breaks free. Kennedy breaks out. Forget the field goal. Win it with a touchdown. What is up, Sooner Nation? I am Casey Mallon, and you are now in a Sooner state of mind. Make sure you like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Super Bowl 58 is set, and Las Vegas is the scene as San Francisco and Kansas City are ready to do battle for the Lombardi. And BetOnline is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props, head to BetOnline today to stay updated on all the action. BetOnline, the game starts here. Sooner State of Mind family, what is good? On today's show, we talk a little Jim Harbaugh and what his new gig means for Michigan and how it relates to the Sooners. We have a handful of Sooners playing in some college all-star games this week. We'll tell you who and where. The Sooners are also well represented in the Super Bowl. Actually, the most represented college team on the two Super Bowl rosters will definitely Show those guys a little love and take a quick hit on Sooners Hoops. People, it's almost February and we are squeezing every last drop out of the 2023 college football season. Told you way back in August, enjoy it, take it all in because this is the last season of college football as we knew it. So just a little more housekeeping, and then we're moving on. And we're going to start with the current national champion, Michigan Wolverines. Now, there's been speculation pretty much every season over the last few years. Speculation that Jim Harbaugh would be leaving for an NFL gig. And we can finally put all that speculation to rest as Jim Harbaugh has agreed to become the next head coach for the Los Angeles Chargers. Harb's agreed to a five-year deal with L.A. Harb's got his start in coaching as the QB coach for the Raiders back in 2002. Then he was the head coach for the University of San Diego. That was before becoming the head coach at Stanford. He left Stanford and college football for the 49ers, stayed right there in the Bay. He led those Niners to three straight conference championship games after, I think, eight straight years of missing the playoffs. Got them to the championship games, got them to the Super Bowl, but he lost that Super Bowl to his brother John and the Baltimore Ravens. Does that make it worse? Or maybe it's a little better. I don't know what the relationship off the field was. 
looks pretty good, but that might burn a little bit. Who knows? Either way, the Ravens won Super Bowl 47, 34-31, beat those Niners. And after one more season with the Niners, Harbs made his way back to his alma mater, taking over at Michigan. Overall, really successful. Had to work to get that Stanford program turned around. But overall, his collegiate head coaching uh, record, 144 wins, 42 losses. That's pretty good. Three Big Ten championships. Was 0-2 in the college football playoff before going 2-0 this postseason and beating the Washington Huskies to finish a perfect 15-0 and get Michigan their first natty since 1997. Now, Harbs allegedly passed on a 10-year, $125 million contract to stay with Michigan, and instead he'll have to pay $1.5 million buyout, okay? But you know what? That's going to be chump change compared to the compensation he will get from the Chargers. They haven't announced the numbers yet, but going to be pretty, pretty, pretty good. Harbs does have ties to the organization. He actually played two years as quarterback for the San Diego Chargers way back in 1999. He's back with the Chargers, this time the L.A. Varietal, and he's taking over a very talented yet underperforming Chargers team. They do have Justin Herbert, one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL, but the Chargers have a brutal cap situation going on right now. Harbs and company will have to sift through that and figure out who stays and who get cut, refigure. Who knows? There's going to be a lot of work to be done there. And the last few coaching hires, the Chargers had gone the new up-and-coming, hot-shot, inexperienced coach route. This time, they go with a proven winner with a proven track record and experienced coach. And I think that was a great move. And to me, this was the very best job in the NFL. You got a new stadium. You got a great young quarterback. And L.A. is still ripe for the taking. The Rams did win a Super Bowl just a couple of seasons ago. But this move, getting Harbaugh to L.A., this gives the Chargers a huge opportunity to become relevant in Los Angeles. Gives them a chance to take control of that new generation of football fans that aren't Rams fans. They don't have an NFL team yet. This is a great opportunity. Chargers also sitting with the fifth overall pick in the upcoming 2024 NFL draft. Bowers is going to be sitting right there. Get the huge tight end out of Georgia. So chance Marvin Harrison Jr. is still there. You go with the big lineman. Go with the best defender. Ton of choices. Maybe a trade back. A stockpile some picks and let some of those high-priced veterans go. Who knows? We're going to find out in just a couple months, but those are all great problems to have. And we got more good news for the Chargers. Harbaugh will be bringing his defensive coordinator from Michigan with him to Los Angeles. That is Jesse Minter. Minter will be the new DC in LA. Minter's defense was the best in the country in scoring defense, giving up just nine and a half points per game. Shut down that Alabama offense in the Rose Bowl and shut down the high-powered Huskies offense and Michael Penix in the Natty, baby. They were doing great work there. 
Minder was a defensive assistant on the Baltimore Ravens staff before joining Harbs in Michigan. Why not keep plucking from the Ravens? Why not? Because it looks like the Chargers are finalizing a deal to bring in former Ravens director of player personnel, Joe Hortiz, to be the new GM in Los Angeles. When former head coach Brandon Staley was fired, Tom Telesco, the GM for the Chargers, was also let go. But since then, Telesco has joined the Raiders to be their new GM, keeping it in the West. Ortiz is part of that Baltimore brain trust who have been one of the very best teams when it comes to the draft the last 20 or so years. Learning from the best, Ozzie Newsome, the Ravens, they know how to pick early, they know how to pick in the mid-rounds, and they know how to get talent late. They've done a tremendous job. Um, so, so far on paper, at least, it looks like a very promising start to the offseason for these L.A. Chargers. Fun fact. Chargers will host John Harbaugh's Ravens at SoFi next season. Going to see Jack Harbaugh. We're going to hear like, who's got it better than us. Going to be lots of that. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that that game will be in prime time. Okay. We'll come back to that in a couple months when the schedules come out. So what does this all mean for Michigan? And what does it mean for our Oklahoma Sooners? People want answers. Well, Michigan found their new head coach almost immediately. They had to look no further than their former offensive coordinator, who is also a former Sooner. We're talking Sharon Moore. Moore stepped in for Harbs during his Suspension went 4-0 in those four games, including big wins over Penn State and Ohio State, keeping Michigan undefeated in its run to the natty. Moore's contract is for five years. He got a base salary of $500,000 and $5 million in additional compensation in year one. It's got all kinds of escalators, performance clauses, this and that. He can also earn up to $3.5 million including a half a mil for winning a conference championship and a cool one mil for winning another national championship. His buyout starts at $5 million. It's not a jumbo contract and decreases by a million each year down to $1 million for the final year of his contract. And Moore is also the first black head coach in Michigan's history to hold a permanent position. That is freaking awesome. Better late than never. Completely stoked for more. He said, I've been preparing my entire coaching career for this opportunity, and I can't think of a better place to be head coach than at the University of Michigan. Like I said, completely stoked for more. His players absolutely love him. It's going to be a great fit. See if he can continue that success. Now, we're not sure if there is more punishment coming down from the NCAA over the Harbaugh sign-stealing shenanigans. But either way, once again, a great opportunity for more. And we will be pulling for him and those Wolverines every time they don't play the Sooners. But especially next September 7th, when the Wolverines host Texas two S's in the big house. And then two weeks later, when they also host Tebow 
and the Trojans. Go, Michigan. There are a handful of Sooners playing in a couple of all-star games this week. On Thursday, it's the East-West Shrine game. They will play this game at the Star in Frisco, the practice home of the Dallas Cowboys. Very awesome facilities down there. And some very talented players on both rosters. We will see a lot of these guys on Sundays next fall, including a couple of Sooners near and dear to the hearts of Sooner Nation. Offensive tackle, Walter Rouse. And one of the most beloved Sooners of all time, Drake Stoops. Stoops has already been putting on some great practice tape out there. I don't know if you're on the Twitters or the X, whatever you want to call it. It's out there, and he's doing work. He's showing the rest of the college football world what Sooner fan already knew. This kid can ball. He's going to work his tail off, and he will find his way onto an NFL roster. Coming off his most prolific season as a Sooner, Stoops got better and better each week coming up with some of the most clutch plays for these Sooners all season long. Dude was pretty much unstoppable on third down and was willing to outwork just about everybody. I'm not saying Stoops will hit the NFL like Puka Nakua did, but I do believe he'll be one of the best value players no matter where he is drafted and will immediately become one of his new coach's favorite players, and immediately become one of this new team's fan base's favorite player. And I can't wait to see where Stoops lands. Hopefully, if in the NFC East, Cowboys otherwise, keep them out of the division. Now for the 6'6", 322-pound Walter Rouse. He will definitely be playing on Sundays too, I think. For the Sooners in 12 games in the 2023 season, Rouse played a total of 770 snaps. He allowed four QB hurries, one QB hit, and only one sack while playing at left tackle. Rouse will also go down in Sooner history with his epic two-horn block on the game-winning throw, the touchdown pass to Nick Anderson from DG to beat Texas two S's. What a play by Rouse, and what an awesome win by the Sooners. It still brings me so much joy. Rouse and Stoops get a week of practice in front of these coaches in a game on Thursday to help elevate their draft stock. I'm looking forward to that game because I'm a sicko, and I need all the football I can get. The other all-star game this week is the Reese's Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. This game will be on Saturday, and an invite to this game is as close as you can get to being assured of getting drafted by an NFL team. This past April, the Reese's Senior Bowl produced 100 total picks for the third straight year, representing 40% of the entire NFL draft, a whole draft, including 40 players selected on the first two days alone. That is pretty good. This is where you want to be. Front offices, coaching staffs, they're all down there doing work, finding out about these players. 
couple Sooners down in mobile this week. Offensive lineman Andrew Rame and Tyler Guyton. For Rame, it's hard to say that a 6'4", 309-pounder needs to bulk up, but he probably does. He's definitely going to get a shot. But Guyton at 6'7", and 327. Oh, my God. It's a beast. He is expected to be a first-round draft pick. And it's going to be a lot of liars poker going, just how high he can go or just how low he'll be. NFL teams start lying at this part of the season. And there'll be much speculation and diversity on where he goes. I'm assuming it's going to be closer to the top half of the pack. But anyway, you go anywhere in the first round, you're completely stoked. Either way, the Senior Bowl is the game to watch if you want to get one last look at some of the best prospects getting ready for the next level. And there are a ton of great quarterbacks in this game, ton of good offensive linemen, skilled players, you name it, they're at the Senior Bowl. And this year they've opened it up to underclassmen too. They hadn't done that in the past. So juniors can be in this game too. So um, that's a pretty neat addition to this. Still kind of on the tail end of all the COVID stuff. We'll see it work itself out sooner than later. But I think overall that's a great thing. If these guys are going to the NFL, why not let them showcase their skills one last time? Another cool thing about the Reese's Senior Bowl is this is the second year that they are implementing a coach-up format where coordinators and assistant coaches are placed into elevated or different roles from the ones they currently hold with their respective clubs. Head coaches and general managers from all non-playoff teams and wild-card round participants had the opportunity to nominate assistant coaches, and those candidates were then selected by a group comprised of league office execs and reps from the general manager's advisory committee. In total, at least one coach from all 18 teams that submitted nominations were chosen for this year's game. That is pretty good when you're trying to cut your teeth in the coaching rink. You get this opportunity. You get a little taste of a different role, an elevated role. So um, it's paying it forward, and that's a good thing. Got a couple Sooners in the East-West game. Got a couple Sooners in the Senior Bowl. Speaking of those Sooners and the NFL, the Sooners lead the way with six Sooners heading to the Super Bowl. Let's go ahead and start with the conference championship games and how the teams got there. In the AFC, it was Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs beating Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens 17-10. to in the defensive battle, Spags, man, doing some work, had Lamar seeing ghosts. And for some reason, the number one rushing team in the NFL decided they would throw the ball 37 times while rushing only 16 times, even though they were averaging over five yards a carry. You're the number one rushing team in the NFL. Gus Edwards, three carries. Justice Hill, three carries. What happens when you throw the ball a lot? You turn it over a lot. Three turnovers, eight penalties for 95 yards. Too much for Jackson and the boys to overcome. Mark Andrews made it back from injury. Only two catches on two targets for 15 yards. But just to have him back in the game 
was pretty awesome to see him out there. But Patrick Mahomes, dude, this cat is on a planet all by himself. Just turned his sixth straight AFC championship appearance into his fourth Super Bowl appearance. Dude is not even 30. Super clean, 30 of 39, 241, and one touchdown. Now, not a flashy day for any of the Sooners that are on the Chiefs squad. But nonetheless, Blake Bell, Creed Humphrey, Wanye Morris, James Winchester, all headed back to the Super Bowl, baby. Pretty sweet. And in the NFC, it was the San Francisco 49ers beating the Detroit Lions 34-31. So brutal. The Lions watched a 24-7 halftime lead disappear into a 27-24 third-quarter deficit. The Niners outscored the Lions 27-7 in the second half. The Lions players made their fair share of mistakes, but in the playoffs, you have to take your points. Opening drive for the Lions in the third quarter. Dan Campbell decides to pass on the 45-yard field goal attempt to go for it on fourth and three. Josh Reynolds drops the first down. It was there, but he dropped it. No points there. Could have stretched the lead back to 17. Instead, now we're sitting at a 14-point lead. It would have been a three-score game. And now you get the stop. You're lighting that crowd up giving them something to be stoked about. Then, oh my God. I know being aggressive is Dan Campbell's MO. So I can maybe let that one slide. It's still early. You're still up big. But I like stretching the, the lead to three scores, whatever. But now we're in the fourth quarter. Just seven and a half minutes left in the game. Lions down 27-24. I'm not really a numbers guy. But that's... a they're down by three points. Campbell, once again, foregoes the 47-yard field goal attempt to tie the game. Doesn't want the field goal to tie. They go for it on fourth and three. What do you think happened? You know what happened. I know what happened. Goff's pass falls incomplete. Ensuing 49ers possession that goes 70 yards in seven plays, culminating in a three-yard Elijah Mitchell touchdown. They go up by 10. And wouldn't you know, the Niners end up winning by three points. I know Campbell is a gambler, but when there is less than eight minutes to go in the game and you have a chance to tie it, you kick the damn field goal. You cannot leave points on the field. Not if you want to go to the Super Bowl, you can't. And the debacle in Dallas should have been a tale of caution. A gifted lesson from the football gods. He repeatedly went for two instead of taking the points. They lost that game. It happened again. If you're not willing to receive that lesson, the football gods turn spiteful and cruel. Such a brutal loss for the Lions. One that will... Sting for a long, long time. Brock Purdy coming up big late in that game with a couple of huge throws, including a sick ladybug catch by Ayuk. But Purdy's runs 
were Mahomes or better yet, Steve Young-esque. And the 49ers are going back to the Super Bowl. We say it all the time. Negative plays will get you beat much more often than positive plays will help you win. Most of the time, you don't need to do anything extraordinary. Just don't F it up. That agony of defeat for the Lions turned into the thrill of victory for the 49ers. And now two of our own, baby, Trent Williams and Braden Willis, going to the Super Bowl. Once again, OU leads the nation in players represented in the Super Bowl with six Boomer Emmer effing Sooners going to the show. Good luck to all of our Sooners, and we will dive a little deeper into the Super Bowl next week. What was tougher? Sunday for the Lions or the week that was Sooners Hoops as our Sooners dropped back-to-back home games. First to unranked Texas, Sooners got rolled 75-60. OU only scored two points over the final five minutes of the game and only six points over the final 11 minutes of the game. They just got stuck, ice cold, baby, and could not score. And then it was a different kind of brutality over the weekend. Sooners drop a heartbreaker to Texas Tech by the score of 85-84. Sooners were not good at shooting free throws on the day. Still had a nine-point lead with just over seven minutes to go. But that's when they watched Chance McMillan off the bench. Go in fuego. Finished the day with a game-high 27 points in just 32 minutes, including 6 of 8 from 3-point range. Sooners fall to 15-5 and five on the season and drop from 11 all the way down to 23. I'm sorry, though. Big 12 hoops absolutely stacked. Sooners have a couple very tough games ahead, have a couple winnable ones. Hopefully they can pull it all together and make a run come March Madness. And we will dive deeper into that one, too. I do love me some March Madness. It's not football, but it's good. We also have softball starting up soon. The reigning three-time national champion Oklahoma softball team will enter the season as unanimous number one team in the preseason top 25 for the third consecutive year. Sooners received 625 points in all 25 first-place votes to hold the top spot coming off the program's third consecutive and seventh overall national title. Where do you go after you win three in a row? Patty Gasso, she thinks she's Nick Saban over here. Huge expectations for Patty and the team, but I know Gasso and her entire staff and the team are ready for the challenge. It's going to be pretty sweet to watch. Stoked for our Sooners in the softball world.
You know what else I'm stoked for? It's just a short 11 weeks or 82 days or 1,954 hours until the OU spring game on April 20th. Woo! That'll be here before you know it. If you want to get ready for that game, ready. If you get ready, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And if you stay ready, that means you're going to like and subscribe to Sooner State of Mind on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Do it. Do it now. And you don't have to miss any of the good stuff. It is delivered right there for you. Also, head on over to Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Go to shows. Type in Sooner State of Mind. You are locked, my friends. It's not only Sooners. There is a ton of great content. Every team, every topic, everywhere. Believe.com. You want a lot of good Sooner news on the X's on the Twitters? Follow Football Dudes LA on Twitter. Follow Football Dudes LA on the Instas. Got a Facebook page too. We're all over this social media thing. And if you want to watch Sooner State of Mind, head on over to YouTube and search the Football Dudes. We are there, people. Sooner State of Mind is brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Casey Mallon, and I am in a sooner state of mind. So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 